Talk Radio 96.7. Yes, we are talking sports in the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash, and by Boshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. It's good to be back, Coach Joe, taking good care of us while I was gone. So, man, I tell you what, glad to be back. Coach Joe, the Rays started off well today. 4 nothing shut out of the Tigers, and they had about 800 feet worth of home runs between Wander Franco and Jose Siri. Shane McClanahan, six shutout innings. You know, interesting thing about Siri is their last run they scored last year in the Cleveland series was a home run by Siri. And, ah. uh, and uh, their first run they scored this season, a home run by Siri. Hey, Siri, give us a home yeah, run. No, yeah, he's not normally a home run hitter, but <laughs> kablam. 393-footer today. Franco, 402 feet. Wow. Yeah, well, welcome back from, from Australia, and I uh, hope that was a good time down under. Oh, good day, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, we had a good time, and uh, I would recommend you go. Just be prepared for a long, long trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's quite a journey, man. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's even farther coming home than it is going back, and we, we had this discussion about whether you lose a day or gain a day. Yeah. <laughs> Or well, a, a week and a half. I don't, I don't know, man. You know, if it hadn't been for the Eric Clark Concord, it would mm. take us a lot longer. Yeah, that's true. Supersonic speed. Oh, yeah. You have to yeah. remember to pay the toll. <laughs> He's the troll under the bridge. Oh, Eric yeah. likes to fly around in it, you know, to keep it. He's never let quite live on the ground. He sort of lives up in the air and just sort of lands <laughs> <laughs> in time for the show each week. Oh, uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, some important birthdays today. Lomas Brown, maybe yeah. the most dominant offensive lineman in Gator history, turned 60 today. Yeah. And Lakeland's very own Chris Sale is 34 years old today. How's he doing? You know, I heard that he's doing well and is going to be back this year, but I don't know when. Yeah. Did he have the Tommy John? I'm or not sure. It? Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure of that. I know he he has had a bunch of injury problems, but he's a great pitcher. Boy, Loma, he is. Lomas Brown. Wow, he eighteen years in the league, including the first Super Bowl by the Bucks in uh, two thousand two. Yeah. He was a part of that, a part of the Great Wall of Florida in nineteen eighty four. One of the greatest skater teams ever, by the way. Never quite kind of lost to history because of the uh, uh, issues with the with the conference yeah. and probation. You know, I always felt like they were punished unfairly, inconsistently with the way other teams were punished uh, or not punished. 1957 Auburn, you know, they were on probation for buying players. And what did they do? Well, nothing. They didn't do anything to them. They won their first SEC title, won the national championship, and then Shug Jordan, the coach, didn't bother them. They named the stadium after him. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, back then, teams did whatever they wanted to do, and the difference between then and now is it was illegal back then. <laughs> and now it's sort of like, okay, fine, you can do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whatever works. Exactly. Do <laughs> yeah. what you got to do, huh? Yeah. Another birthday today. Now, here, here's one. Secretariat would have been 53 today. Of course, probably still wouldn't be, wouldn't be alive. He did live to 19 years old. And, of course, in 1973, 
the most dominant triple crown in the history of horse racing. Yeah, that Belmont's still the greatest race I've ever seen. Even oh, I don't know, thirty-one was, lengths. Yeah, yeah. Well, moving like like a machine. I think it went down the stretch, just kept pulling away and pulling away. Yeah, you, you know, it was a long time ago, but I've never seen anything like it since any horse. And there've been some great ones since then. But Secretariat was in, in another world. It's like uh, I believe that, that Secretariat's heart was found to be like extra large after after he died and they they did a uh what do they call it a necropsy eric is that is that where uh, now you got me there yeah no we need to call in our medical <laughs> necropsy i'm get we got confirmation that is what how the autopsy of an animal is called I, I don't know that for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded good. Yeah. But so, the, yeah, his heart was extra large. I don't know if that helped with the incredible strength and speed. Yeah, that horse was uh, just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I really don't know how to describe it. It was just so much better than all the other horses. Oh, no, he was otherworldly. I think most of his records in those Triple Crown races still stand. That's remarkable <laughs> when you yeah. think about it. I did have a chance to go to Claiborne Farms, a good friend of mine up in Kentucky knew the people and uh, the company I used to work for financed that farm. And so he took us out there for a tour and secretariat is buried there. And, you know, I felt like I was at some sort of, I don't know, shrine, uh, you know, and I almost got tears in my eyes and it was a horse. <laughs> but a super horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and take a break. We come back. We're going to have Johnny Townsend, former Gator and former NFL punter, currently the punter for the Guardians. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi, this is Gator Bob Murphy, former PGA Tour golfer. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ozone. Oh, yeah. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe on the air right now on Talk Radio 96.7, brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store, and by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone, and our special guest with us tonight, Mr. Johnny Townsend. Johnny, welcome back to the Ozone. Glad to have you, brother. Oh, man, it's always great to get on here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, we appreciate it. Uh, you're punting for the Orlando Guardians right now, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, we looked up the results, kind of a rough season so far, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, kind of a rough start compared to what my brother did this spring. He uh, won a Super Bowl, and I'm 0-6. Well, I'm sure he doesn't rub that in on you at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, not too much. Uh, and and then, to top that off, you have, your head coach is a former FSU uh legend Terrell Buckley, who was Shane Matthews' teammate in high school. That's right, and Shane Matthews is coaching up the QBs for us. Oh, you can't beat that. Can't, can't beat it. Can't beat that. Well, um, tell us a little bit about punting in this league versus in the NFL and in college. What What's the difference? Sure. Well, it's, um, it's a totally different league. Um, the rules are completely different, and um, they almost are set up to – support big plays um it's really interesting you know when you're punting in the nfl as soon as you kick the ball um everybody can release and as soon as the ball is snapped the gunners can release um but in the xfl nobody can release until the ball is kicked so the returners have you know another two or three seconds with the ball in their hands to make a big play so it's set up for big returns 
Wow. Johnny, uh, one of the great things that you've done, your whole family is just wonderful people. Your dad was one of my fraternity brothers, and you and Tommy are both fraternity brothers, although much, much different eras, about 100 years apart. But um, we were all members of the Alpha Tau Omega fraternity at the University of Florida. And uh, one of the things that you've done is you created the Johnny Townsend Foundation and uh, what a benevolent thing that you've done. Um, the benefits of this are to go to the pediatric oncology department at UF Shands Hospital. Um, what a great group of recipients. And you got a big event coming up in conjunction with the Orange and Blue game on April 13th. Tell us about that. Yeah, I would love to. Um, you know, well, the foundation started when I was in college. I hoped to launch it going into my senior year, but this was before all the NIL stuff, and the NCAA shot it down, and um, they said that I couldn't raise money by leveraging my likeness. Um, so, yeah, once I signed my eligibility away, I launched the foundation, and it's been supporting UF Health ever since. Um, and this spring, we are hosting what we're calling the second annual spring game tailgate, uh, benefiting University of Florida Health and their Shands Children's Hospital. And um, last year, we raised around $41,000 uh, for UF Health, which is funding a facility renovation. And what's cool about it is we're supporting all of the former University of Florida football players through the event. Uh, we had about 90 guys come through, which was the largest turnout spring game history, had around 500 attendees. We had full open bars, all-you-can-eat barbecue, live DJ, uh, great silent auction items, and, and the opportunity to meet Gator legends like Coach Steve Spurrier. Um, so it was a heck of a fundraiser, and, and we're hosting it again on April 13th from 3.30 to 8 p.m. We're talking tonight with our guest Johnny Townsend, the great Gator punter, 682-1430, 682-1430. Join us in the conversation. We're having a good time tonight. But uh, there's a question i got to ask you, Johnny. Uh, you know, It needs to be asked, and, and I'm the one who has to ask it. <laughs> uh, you know, your, your brother Tommy wins the Super Bowl. Does that bother you since you're, you've taught him everything he knows? <laughs> well heck if i had a coach you know like myself older than me i'd hope i'd get that far too uh, no, but, it, but it, it's cool to see it you know we really feel like it's all you know it's a, it's a family affair for sure um you know my parents supported him every step of the way to send him to all the kicking camps and you know just put him through college and all that and and you know i taught him how to punt so you know i feel um you know very proud as an older brother to you know see him succeed at such a high level in the nfl it's, it's really cool to see well, you, you you were in the NFL for a, a large number of years, uh, a number of different teams. Which, which of the teams did you uh, experience the most joy from being a part of? Sure. Well, it's interesting. When you say the word joy, um, the most joy I ever experienced was playing for the Florida Gators. Um, you know, I, drew, I grew up a Gator fan. I always wanted to play for the university, and um, nothing beats the feeling of running out in the swamp or the SEC. Um, none of those NFL environments really, you know, can reciprocate that, but um, – you know, I had the most fun playing with the Tennessee Titans my third year in the NFL. Um, there's nothing like, you know, playing in the city of Nashville. They had a great culture. You know, the city was fun, and we were winning a lot of games. Oh, yeah, I bet that was a, that was a blast. Uh, you know, a team that's uh, 0-6 versus a team that's winning games, uh, do you find that you are punting more or less in that situation? Oftentimes it means, you know, you're punting more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my, uh, one of my years at Florida, we went four and eight, um, didn't win many games, and we punted. We broke the single-season yards punting record, um, 
in the, in the history of the University of Florida. So yeah, if we're not winning <laughs> games, it usually means we're punting more. Yeah, and you know, you know, you mentioned it's a different the different rules in the XFL. Now, are you able to, you know, position punt like uh, over to the side, maybe punt out of bounds more, or do you get penalized for that? Right. So, you know, as a punter, you know, you think, all right, the returner has the ball in his hands for longer. What can I do to prevent a big play? So typically we want to kick the ball out of bounds, punt it directionally. And, but there's actually a penalty if the ball goes out of bounds. Yeah. Um, there's even a penalty if the ball goes into the end zone on those pooch punts when you're trying to pin the team, team deep. Um, so they really just want the ball in play. So there's not much we can do other than just putting a lot of hang time on it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, uh, so so the you're is it similar? You know, if you're, is that affect strategy? In other words, do they end up punting less because of that? That's a great question. They actually do. Um, there's a lot more circumstances where the team will just go for it um, and try to just make a big play. Um, because the field position numbers don't really shake out to you know make it effective enough to punt in most situations, um, so yeah, most of the time they go for it, which is really interesting. Johnny, in 2016, you set an NCAA record, averaging 47.9 yards per punt, and that record stood until 2021 when some guy named Ryan Shackelford from um, or Stone Stonehouse, I guess his name was from Colorado State, broke that, but. You go to the NFL. That's Colorado. That should yeah. count. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That shouldn't count. There's too much altitude. You yeah. went to the Raiders. You had a 42-yard run. And that's one of the things I don't think people understand is that you and Tommy both were athletes at Boone High School. You weren't just punters. And uh, tell us about that 42-yard run. Oh, man, yeah. See, that's one of the things that, um, you know, there's a stigma around punters. You know, they're typically not athletic. Uh, they're not good with the ball in their hands. Um, but me and Tommy are trying to change that narrative. Uh, we played, you know, several positions at Boone High School, and we were competitive athletes at the University of Florida as well. Um, you know, every time we did agility drills in the off season, me and Tommy were beating position players, beating wide receivers, and uh, so we got some speed to us. Um, so yeah, I had, it was great to have the opportunity to showcase that my rookie year in Oakland, uh, running that fake. And a fun fact about it, which is pretty funny. Um, they did all the stats, and at the end of the season, they determined that it was the third fastest breakaway play all season for any skill position. <laughs> oh, man. 20, I hit like 20.6 miles per hour or something like that. Are you faster so, than Tommy? I think I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're about to get Tommy on here. We're going to get a second opinion on that. <laughs> yeah, he's not here to defend himself tonight. That's right. That's oh, you're right. way faster than him. <laughs> now, help me understand yeah. this. Was Was this a salary cap thing? You had the 42-yard run with the Raiders. You averaged 43.17 average in punting, and they cut you. Was that salary cap? What, what was? What's the deal there? Sometimes the league is just a tricky business. Um, oftentimes it doesn't make sense, and decisions are made when when you don't believe they should be. Um, yeah, I was hoping to stick around there for a while, but you know we came off a, a pretty bad losing year. I think we only won two or three games the whole season. Um, with a first-year head coach there. So they were just trying to, you know, get rid of any baggage from the previous year, or clean house. I'm not really sure the thought process behind it. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that I would recommend, everybody should go to your event April 13th. I was there last year, and if you like the Gators, I mean, old Gators from like the 60s, Dan Plonk came in. Um, I guess he was in the 80s, but – Shane Matthews was there. 
um, golly, just I can't remember everybody that was there. And it's just so much fun because you get them in an atmosphere that's very informal. And they love talking about stuff as much as the fans do. And how do you get all those guys there? I mean, a lot of those guys were not from your era. Right. So the glue of all the former players is a guy named Pizza Bill Feinberg. He oh, was yeah. Equipment guy. He was an equipment guy for the Gators back in the day, and um, he's the glue of all the former players. But it really was amazing because, you know, you have all these guys that are from every generation, from Coach Steve Spurrier all the way up to guys like Kyle Trask, who will probably be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks this year. And um, you have all these guys in the same space that are interacting with fans and being cordial and um, it really was a great event. So I hope you guys can come out to it, and I'll have you on the guest list, and I'm looking forward to it. How much are individual tickets? Can individuals buy tickets? or They can. So 100% of the proceeds that we raise go directly to UF Health. Um, 100% of every dollar is tax deductible. Uh, so you can find tickets on johnnytownsendfoundation.com or um, Johnny Townsend Foundation on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. All the information is there. Um, tickets are starting at $50 now, and that includes a full open bar, all-you-can-eat barbecue, live DJ, uh, meet and greet with Gator football legends, and a great silent auction. And, you know, Johnny, uh, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. We've got a couple minutes, and i got to ask you this. Uh, you know, obviously your event is going to be a real showpiece event in a couple of weeks, but today Gainesville was the center of the universe, getting the full ESPN NFL Network treatment. Anthony Richardson, every move documented and profiled and chronicled as he went through a pro day today. And there's a lot of talk he might be the number one pick by Carolina, that they traded up just to get him. Uh, what say you as a as an expert on all things Gator? Well, I think there's no doubt that he is, if not the most athletic quarterback that has come out of the University of Florida. Um, he is truly special, and he's shown that just with his numbers. Um, you saw him at the NFL Combine breaking all the records for quarterbacks, and um, you saw him at UF Pro Day today throwing the ball 50 yards off his knees. Um, he's a special, special talent. So I think a team is going to trade up, take a chance, and, and see what they can do with them. Give me a reason why, why Billy Napier is going to succeed in Gainesville. It's great to see the program giving him time. Um, you know, being in the SEC, it's such a hostile environment. You know, the fans, if you're not winning now, they're coming for you. Um, but the university has done a great job of rallying behind him, um, letting him recruit, giving him time to build the culture of the program. And, and he's the right guy for the job. And I'm really hoping this year, you know, the team can turn things around and get some wins. You know, one of the things that aggravates me is that across the country, sportscasters will say, well, those Gator fans, you know, they're the worst in the country that they'll, they'll fire a coach after nothing. Well, I don't think I think every fan base is the same, and I remember probably before your time that Bill Curry was the coach at Alabama. I think he went ten and two, and they fired him because he couldn't beat Auburn. And somebody he had a second floor office, and somebody threw a brick through his window. And some Alabama fan said, "Well, we know it wasn't Mike Shula because he can't throw that far." <laughs> uh, but I don't think Gator fans are any different than any other fan base. Do you? You know, it's hard to say because we're in a bubble. It's all I've ever known. It's all I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, if you look at it that way, I guess every fan base is a little fair weather, aren't they? Oh, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, I mean, what does Tommy say? I mean, he actually went to Tennessee to start with, so he may have had some experience with the Tennessee fan base. Does he? Have you ever talked to him about that? 
I'll tell you what, Tennessee is one of the most loyal fan bases in the SEC. Um, they could win zero games, and that stadium's packed. Um, they have some die-hard fans there at Tennessee. Um, but he, he said nothing still compares to the University of Florida. I mean, he got to see another program, another high-level SEC program, and um, nothing compares. There are only I mean, two kinds. There are only two kinds of fans, Johnny: Gator fans and those who wish they were Gator fans. There you right? go, Johnny. Before you got it. <laughs> before we let you go, give us the information again of how someone can be a part of your event on April thirteenth. Yes, sir. So April thirteenth, from three thirty to eight p.m., is the second annual spring game tailgate, hosted by the Johnny Townsend Foundation and presented by Morgan and Morgan. Um, we're going to have about five hundred guests over 100 former players, open bars, all-you-can-eat barbecue, live DJ, great silent auction items, and the opportunity to meet and greet Gator football legends like Coach Steve Spurrier. Uh, We really hope you guys can make it because all the proceeds benefit UF Health, and all the information is on johnnytownsendfoundation.com or Johnny Townsend Foundation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Johnny, thank you so much. Um, I think it's a pleasure to call you a friend and – I'm glad that uh, I've got to meet you and your family, and uh, uh, I can't wait. I think I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best to be there. Yeah, I would love for you guys to come. I got your names on the guest list, and uh, I guess, uh, you know, you haven't invited me off the show since I've been on the first time, so thanks for having me back. <laughs> uh, Johnny, you're the best, man. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. All right. Johnny Townsend, former Gator, currently an Orlando Guardian, and uh, thank you so much. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7 has the Ozone. We're talking sports this Thursday night. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. And by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry shop. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone in uh it's great to have Johnny Townsend on. What an accomplished family they have. His dad is an attorney. His uh, brother, his older brother, is a doctor. I think he might be a surgeon. I'm not sure about that. And, of course, Tommy is a punter uh, twice in the Super Bowl um, for the Chiefs. So, uh, man, what, what a great family. 1981 on this date, the 43rd NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. Indiana beat North Carolina 63-50. And they were led by future NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas on that team. In 1998, the 60th championship, Kentucky beat Utah. It was Wildcats' second title in three years and their seventh in their history. On this date in 2006, Red Hickey, former head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, passed away. And you say, why are you talking about him? Who was Red Hickey? Well, Red Hickey, I'm about to tell you, he invented the shotgun formation in 1960. How about that, Coach Joe? I, you know, I know that the Dallas Cowboys didn't invent it. They just sort of brought it back, you know, from, uh, That's right. yeah, it was, it was the sort of thing. And I remember people laughing when they brought it back until the Cowboys started winning, and now yeah. everybody uses it. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, Steve Spurrier used that after Florida State beat the Gators in 1996 in Tallahassee. And he started, he hated it, but he started using it to get that extra split second for Werfel to get the passes away against Florida State in the bowl game um, in the Sugar Bowl. Now, Hickey was an innovator with the 49ers, and that's not the only thing he did. 
He also invented the alley-oop pass. Now, I don't know if you remember that. It was before your time. But they had Y.A. Tittle, Yelberton Abraham Tittle, <laughs> out of LSU. And he threw – they had a guy named R.C. Owens who was like an Olympic high jump champion. And, you know, he could just jump over people's heads and they'd just throw the ball up and he'd catch it. And in college, R.C. Owens, he went to Idaho College – and his roommate was some guy named Elgin Baylor. How about that? <laughs> that was quite a college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. And um, you, you know, it's what we, you know, it's we see the same thing. They just don't call it the alley oop pass anymore. It's you know when they throw the fade, sometimes you see that where a guy jumps over the defender. Yeah, I think they just call that particular pass where you throw it up and let the guy out jump the out jump the defender. Usually, it's just a throw throw a jump ball. I think they call it that now. Nobody, you're right. Nobody's called it the alley oop for years, but yeah. it, but it exists now, which is throw it downfield and let the tall guy jump up and catch it. You know, because <laughs> they love big receivers. They love big tall receivers, but uh, uh, some teams. You know, rather have speed. You know, guys who can just run forever. Like the Chiefs always like to do that, and they had had success with their speedy receivers. When they lost Tyreek Hill, who they replaced him with Kadarius Tony. You know, really yeah. fast guys, <laughs> not yeah. necessarily, not necessarily uh, guys like um, you think. You think guys who are who are tall receivers. I always think of Plexico Burris or Randy yes. Moss. Yes. You know, the Patriots and the Vikings. They they call when a receiver does that now. This has become a new term where the receiver jumps up and jumps over the defender and catches the high pass. They call that mossing the defender now. That's the new term for it. <laughs> After Randy Moss, who made it an art form, you know, back 15 or so years ago. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. On this date in 2013, Bob Turley, former New York Yankees pitcher and also pitched for several other teams, he was. In the world, so won the World Series in fifty six, fifty eight. Was the MVP in the fifty eight World Series, and uh, three time All Star Cy Young Award winner in nineteen fifty eight. Died from liver cancer at the age of eighty two. In nineteen fifty eight, he was twenty one and seven. That was his Cy Young Award year. Now, get this: at a hundred and twenty eight walks that he gave up that year, and he still won the Cy Young Award. How about that, Coach Joe? He knew how to pitch out of a jam, didn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he was in a lot of jams. It was own creation. Did he have a lot of strikeouts? You know, I, I didn't look that up. I'll have to look that up and he, see know, if it was we can find that. Opening day at Yankee Stadium today, Garrett Cole, in the first three innings of, of, event, of his eventual win, he struck out eight. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he gave up a hit or two, so it wasn't eight out of nine, but eight. Eight uh, strikeouts. I think he finished with 11. He went six innings and obviously threw a lot of pitches. But the Yankees went easily in the first game of the season. That was played first and finished first. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and they also Sorry. had the first home run. Aaron Judge hit it, huh? Yeah, 422 feet into center field in a what was a 39-degree day, you know. But I guess you know, at this time of year, I guess they have to be, be aware because you get those cold-weather games when you play those early-season <coughs> April games. You know, especially when you play them in March. So he's on a pace for 162 home runs. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, <laughs> and when he, he it was his first at bat that he hit the home run, so that put him on a pace for about 540 home runs. <laughs> but he slowed down considerably after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I tell you, it's it's funny. They had you know who Mattress Mac is in Houston. He's the guy that places all those. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, those sports bets. He bet on the Houston Astros. He put down ten thousand dollars 
at five to one odds that they'll win again. <laughs> that that's incredible. Hey, and you know, we talked about this just before you left on your trip about the pitch clock. And I uh, checked the stats for the first nine games that have already been completed today. Uh, there's about four games that will be played later out west. The first nine games, the average time of those nine games was two hours and 45 minutes. And the longest of those first nine games was three hours, 10 minutes. Sorry, your Red Sox and Fenway go down 10 to 9. Yeah, I know. Since then, there was one completed game since then, the 10th completed game of the day, Toronto 10, St. Louis 9 from St. Louis Three hours and thirty-eight minutes totally blew the average. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's uh, but most of the games two fourteen for the Rays. They they made man quick work of that. The Cubs win over the Milwaukee in two hours twenty-one minutes. The Yankees game that I mentioned two hours and thirty-three minutes. Uh, the Mets beat the Marlins in <laughs> Sandy Alcantara in two hours and forty-two minutes. Uh, so at two hours and thirty-two minutes in Kansas City. So fast, fast games. They're just moving right along. I was listening to John Sterling on the radio for the Yankees game uh, earlier this afternoon. And he and uh, Susan, I forget her last name, the commentators, they couldn't get through their stories because it was time to call the next pitch. And they kept tripping over each other. You see, the announcers have to adjust, too. Oh, man. Yeah, my Red Sox are on pace to lose 162 games, and we probably could lose 100. Uh, I don't know. Don't be too. They'll do better than last year, right? Or, uh, they have to do better. Than I last hope year. so. I hope so. Uh, my hope is that in 1966, they finished half a game out of last place. The Yankees finished last, <laughs> and then in '67, the Red Sox won the World Series. So, yeah, you, know, you never know. Yeah. It's just one of those deals that that's baseball. It's a long season and. Who knows what can happen, but they don't look good on paper. Well, yeah, they they have struggled recently, and and with the resurgence of the Yankees, have always been strong, but the and the Rays have been great now for several years in a row. But now the Toronto's getting decent too, and the Orioles were yeah. really close to having a playoff season last year, and they're they're going to be a threat. That is a loaded division, maybe the best in baseball. Maybe more so. It's always been good, but now it's even better. And the the Red Sox picked a bad time to start slumping. Yeah, the Red Sox might be the people that make the top 10% possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if they're down, they're not going to be down for long, right? I hope not. I mean, a couple decades, we ought to be right back in it. Uh, You know, they hired a general manager from the Rays, and, and he tried to implement that same, you know, on a shoestring stuff up there. And Boston's got money. That that doesn't work well there. Yeah, you know, the Rays do it out of necessity and yeah. so and so they have figured it out and they they actually look pretty strong with their pitching staff uh of the Rays do. But so you know, some general managers just know how to win. Notice how Dave Dombrowski goes to the yeah. Phillies and all of a sudden they're in the World Series. Well, it's and the not Red Sox had him and they, they fired him. Yeah. After Everywhere they won goes. in 2018, I think. Yeah, Detroit about 10 years ago was in the World Series. Dave Dombrowski was their manager. He he basically t- turned the Marlins into World Series champions after the original fire sale. He got he he put them all back together and made them champions again. The guy just knows what he's doing. I if hey if you're a baseball team out there, you know if Philly gets tired of him, jump on that because <laughs> that guy that guy's incredible. Well, you know it's it's one it reminds me of um, when. The Red Sox had Bill Lee, and uh, they asked the Red Sox manager, they said, um, Bill Lee's a really funny guy, isn't he? He says, 
when he's winning. When he's winning, yeah. <laughs> maybe Dombrowski has one of those personalities that enables him to walk into an empty room and fit right in, you know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know him. I've never met him. But something must be going on there. Some guys know how to build, you know. I mean, he's not the only one who's really good at that. There's others who are talented and have put together winning seasons. But it just always seems like when they're in charge, th- good things happen. And now the Red Sox, they got rid of him, and now they're struggling. And, and how do, how is it, you know, same resources and everything, and uh, their access to whatever players they want, and all of a sudden they're in last place, which which is really unusual. So I, it's it isn't just about the money in baseball. You do still have to know what you're doing and uh, and be, like you alluded to, Ronnie, flexible about how, how you do things. Something that might work in one place might not work in you're another. Right. You're exactly right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to have that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. We would remind you, you can't win if you've won in the last six months. And when you do win, you have 30 days to go out there and claim it, and then it expires, poof, goes into thin air. So don't go on day 31 and expect to be able to use it. You cannot do it. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi, this is Scott Strickland, Athletic Director at the University of Florida. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Go Gators! Ronnie O and Coach Joe, they're talking sports tonight in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone, brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store, and by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. Had Scott Strickland here last night, along with Billy Napier in Lakeland. And uh, here we go. We got a $30 gift card or gift certificate. Not a card. Let's, let's say this, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's it's a $30 credit. Credit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good, good way to yeah. phrase it. Let's throw the yeah. quiz out, and then we're going to tell you about the conditions. All right. In the final four, in the men's final four, Miami, UConn, Florida Atlantic, and San Diego State, one of these teams has won a national championship previously. Which one? Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Coach Joe, Read the legalese statement for us. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this for, for years and years now. In fact, as long as I've been associated with the show, I know that the Alehouse uh, prize has been available. And it has always worked the same way, guys. And uh, for, uh, we're getting words that there might be a little bit of a miscommunication or misunderstanding. I'm sure I'm sure we have total faith in our listeners that none of them are trying to game the system. But it really is a simple thing. There's $30 worth of food or drink uh, available to the winner of the quiz uh, and the act but it, it involves you go to the alehouse you give them your name when you're the winner and you have your meal and they'll take thirty dollars off of your bill if you happen to spend less than thirty dollars well you don't get change back no, guys. You don't. <laughs> this isn't a cash back thing and you don't uh, get a gift card or anything like that. You go to to the uh, restaurant, you sit down, you have a great time, great food, great great drink and meal prices, and a great time with the forty strategically located TVs. And at the uh, when the tab comes, there's thirty dollars subtracted from it. That's the way it's always been. Uh, once you win it, you can start the next day. You're eligible to use it, and you have thirty days from that time. 
Uh, all right. Uh, I, I think sometimes, Ronnie, we have to reiterate that because, you know, we, we've been doing it a long time and, right. and we get new listeners and stuff and people right. might not be aware, but we don't want there to be any misunderstanding. It's a great prize. The people at the alehouse have always been so good to us and they love the fact that, that uh, they get this opportunity for uh, people to come in and win that prize and claim that prize. Right. I mean, folks, let's be smart about this. They're doing us a great favor. You know, you win a, you're the hundredth caller, you get a hat or a t-shirt, so many quizzes. This is bigger. It's a lot better than that. I'm telling you, but don't try to game the system as coach Joe said. All right. Again, the quiz, the final four, the men's final four, Miami, UConn, Florida Atlantic, and San Diego state. Which one of those teams has previously won a national championship? Just six, one of them. Six eight two fourteen thirty. That's six eight two fourteen thirty. This is easy. Give us a call. Got about four minutes left. Ronnie O and Coach Joe here in the Ozone. You know, Doctor Mike Lean and I were thrilled uh, about the run from the Canes in this uh, Final Four. Uh, you know, I'm old enough to uh, to have re- not to have grown up at a time when Miami basketball didn't exist because that was that 14 year period where they uh, eliminated the program. Was that and, because of lack of attendance, or uh, that was the reason used in lack of a facility? They used yeah. to have to go to Miami Beach to play their games when Rick Barry was there. Yes, that yeah. Rick Barry, he was a UM graduate. <laughs> you know, they played Florida Southern. Um, we've had Bobby Bowman on the show. And they played them here in Lakeland, in the Lakeland High School gym, because Florida Southern did not have one. Bobby Bowman said he scored 43 points against Rick Barry, and I think Barry scored like 45. <laughs> yeah, it was it was amazing stuff. Barry was one of the top scorers ever in college. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I was there when they brought the program back in 1986, and I was there when they recruited Tito Horford. Yes, wow. father of Al, <laughs> yeah. as their big-time recruit that was supposed to get them to the next level. He didn't, but Leonard Hamilton and uh, later Jim Laranaga has got them to the next level. Laranaga, of course, coached George Mason He's to the a Final great Four. Coach. He's a Defeated great by the coach. Florida Gators in 06. Yes, and do you know the anniversary of that uh, Elite Eight win, that regional title, uh, was exactly 17 years ago from last Sunday when the Canes uh, beat— uh, Texas to win the regional in the in the Midwest region in Kansas City. All right, this we past got Sunday. we got somebody's hungry and thirsty on the line. Daryl, oh, how are God. you, sir? Daryl, yeah, oh, let oh Daryl win. Daryl, I'm, I'm I've been told I've been academically re- restored. My academic eligibility has been restored. <laughs> I'm pretty what? sure you haven't won in a long time, Daryl, because I don't know when the last time you know well, you answered I, the I'm question on, correctly. I'm, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on probation right now. Did, did you take an is. extra That's credit right. test? I'm not. I'm. I'm I, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm waiting for the Gators to have a winning season in something this year. <laughs> hey, our gymnastics team is second to none, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Isn't that Baseball's true? pretty darn good. Trinity beat FSU 20 of the last 24. Baseball's looking really good right now. Really good. It yes, is interesting it is. that they're they're struggling in football and, and basketball, but they're doing pretty well in the other sports at least. It's it, 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 it's it's getting there. But anyway, so what was the question so so that everybody out there knows what we're answering here? Okay, the final four in men's basketball is Miami, UConn, Florida Atlantic, and San Diego State. One of those teams has previously won a national championship. The other three have not. That's correct. One of one of them is also nicknamed the Huskies. There you there go. There you go. Yep. And uh, have they, did they win right before they went on probation? 
for recruiting violations? Yeah, I think so. Well, they they beat the Gators in 2014. I was there. They beat us in the semifinals, and uh, that was their last did one. They beat yeah. Kentucky in the finals. Uh, yeah, I believe it was Kentucky yeah. in 2014. That that was their fourth and most recent title. Oh, I know, by the way, speaking of the Gator sports, Daryl, uh, the women's basketball team that came out of nowhere made it all the way to the Elite Eight in the women's NIT before losing this past Monday to Bowling Green. Maybe with Ronnie out of the country, they played better. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know what's happening up there. I'm just cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. Let me ask you this question. We're lighting candles here, too, (laughs) Daryl. Okay, let me ask you. Ronnie... You're an expert. Uh-huh. Tell me what the deal is with the quarterback coming from Wisconsin. I'm hearing nothing but bad news about this. Is this guy. Fred or Ethel Mertz you're talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, they say that you know you're hearing all good things. He's very smart. Um, you know all the good things, but it's kind of like when your mother was saying she wanted to fix you up with that girl. She's a really nice girl. She goes to Sunday school, uh-huh. and you're like, all the uh, other girls like her. Yeah, all the yeah, other girls correct. like her. Uh, you know, yeah. Hey, man, he's got a great personality. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like you. I'm very, yeah. We're out of time, Daryl, but uh, hang on the line. We'll get your information. <laughs>